What? Mixed up confusion. This is mixed up confusion. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Man, and it's a killing me. There's just too many people And they're all too hard to please Alright, welcome back to the triumphant return of Mixed Up Confusion. Episode 29A. It's been so long. It's been so long. Yeah, we needed a little break. Oh, fucking Game of Thrones took it Game out of us. Game of Thrones took it out of us. Fires took it out of us. Oh, yeah. We're happy to be back. Uh, Seven Curses we just did on Monday. It was great. Uh, this is gonna be sort of a sort of a wrap on the week, but also kind of a wrap on the last couple of weeks. Uh, so Kelly, before we even get into our stuff, uh, we did do a playlist. We're no longer going to go crazy on the playlist like we used to. Playlists are still available absolutely and forever and always at our website at Spotify under "See That My Playlist Is Kept Clean." All I remember is that there was a drum and bass track that I was like, "Oh, this is nice." Yeah, we went. I mean, it was, this was your idea. Seven curses, seven yeah. curses, seven curses. I thought it was, I thought it was inspired. I loved it. <laughs> it felt it felt vibrant again after a couple of weeks. I mean, you get John Wesley Harding. What are you going to do? I, you're not going to make a playlist with every single person. So we had two. We had two. We had Rolling Thunder and then we had John Wesley back to back. We didn't make a playlist. I felt rusty. And then you came in with that fire. I was like, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah. I, actually, the drum and bass track, was that Curses by... Memtrix? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that was dope. It was good. Really like that. You you don't know who that is? Or? No, no. Um, but I've been I haven't listened to drum and bass in a while. I listen to other EDM, but not like not really EDM. Just like electronic ambient music. It's a whole different thing. Anyway. So you didn't know? No, never heard this person before. I liked your curses invocations, Jim Morrison. That was pretty fun. Yeah. It's out. It was out there. I didn't know that he did like spoken word poetry to music, which I thought was what the doors was, but okay. <laughs> uh, the crane wives, I gotta say, holy shit, I know, out right? of fucking nowhere. Did you do you know who they are? Did you well, already... I know that they're named after the crane wife by Iron Wife, right? Oh, no, Zembris, Zembris, yeah. Zembris, my bad. Yeah. No, it's fine. But yeah, I, so I assume that's where they. I checked. In fact, I was like, are they after two thousand six? Yes, they are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they're fucking amazing. I know. I really, really love that song. That was a great find. Yeah, that was a really great find. The rest of it I wasn't so crazy about. I thought um, the Adam, which just makes me think of a Adam. Adam. I cannot get that high <laughs> uh, at my current condition with my face. Uh, did really care for that. That was way too long. It was like six and a half minutes. Yeah, way too long. Uh, the hundred, hundred Little Curses, the Street Sweeper oh, the, Social Club. The rap song? Yeah, it was okay. It was like, well, it was cool. It was kind of like, um, do you know I- Ice-T has like a black metal band? I know that, but yeah. I have not heard them. It was kind of like that. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called. Which he still, he, they came out with an album last year, That's by the way. crazy. It's cool. He's still around. It's nuts. I know he's on TV, but. Well, I guess just to go over the Sevens, uh, Bear vs. Shark, obviously Sufjan, Seven Swans. Uh, listening again to Seven Nation Army. What? was a trip. Out of nowhere. Fuck, that was weird. Fall Out Boy made its first appearance. That was fun. Uh, they've been on before. With Gym Class Heroes, I guess. Uh, that doesn't count. That was Patrick Stop. I'm right, right, right. That wasn't Fallout. I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. Uh, and then we ended with No Curse by Waxahachie, who we've also talked about. Yeah, it's just a hodgepodge of people that we know and love, for the most part. Except for meme tricks. New people that I, tricks. I know, know and love. Are the great wives. That's what I'm saying. But now I know, and I love them. Yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. All right, so let's get into 
uh, a little bit deeper. So we're going to start diving in a little bit more instead of just kind of reliving the glories of the playlist. Well, it's because I just want to be a radio DJ so bad, but we don't actually have our own th- theme time radio hour. We That's don't. true. We, we don't. We maybe can't. Maybe there's a world where that can't exist, but it certainly doesn't exist now. So if we ever feel like overwhelmed by how great we are. Oh, my God. I think we might end up. I mean, it's fun. It's a lot of fun to do. All right, so we, we talked a lot over this last couple of weeks about things that we've enjoyed. Uh, right off the bat, Kelly, do you do you remember anything that you particularly loved that uh, strikes your fancy a little further than where we went on the show? Not really. It's so long ago. I live minute to minute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, like, it was mostly podcast for you, so it's really tough to... Yeah, I mean, dive into it further. Query's still good. Go listen to Query. Yeah. Uh, How's Bitch Media doing? They're doing good. I'm actually a little behind on that because I've been trying to catch up on other stuff. But iZombie. If you go back and listen to uh, Fourth Time Around, you will catch the reference that iZombie made to Bob Dylan. That I misquoted. Oh, yep, that you misquoted. You got totally wrong. <laughs> Kept it in because I needed everyone to know. But actually watch a little bit of it. It's a fun, campy show. It's Everyone's very having a really good time. The writing's not as as snappy, for sure. But they love a pun. They do. And I, I, I wasn't expecting a procedural. Like, when you mm-hmm. described it, which I guess your descriptions of things are often hilariously <laughs> just – you don't really emphasize the right things. Not accurate. And so when you're just like, yeah, she just works at a lab where there's, like, brains and stuff because it's just like – it's so – Convenient, convenient job is convenient. Mm-hmm. It's like she's also a fucking detective, basically. Yeah. Okay. Like, and then she also takes on like the personalities of the brains that she ends up eating. I'm That's, pretty sure I said all that. Did stuff. you really? No, <laughs> you didn't. That shit was dope. So yeah. it was a lot of fun to have her be like a frat. But I will say, it took me forever to because I zombie like fandom. I want to say is probably uh, probably pretty good right now. But back in the day, nah, nah it was tough. <laughs> it was really hard to find like a review of it. That actually that would describe the episode. Yeah, but had the wherewithal to do it. That's the thing. It's like if if there was a blog post out there in the world, even if it was just a generic like, what a great episode, and then here are my favorite bits, that part would not have been one of their favorite bits because Bob Dylan is not There's it no would crossover. Be a kid doing that. <laughs> right. So I had to find an adult who found that oh, level of humor fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was uh, it was a slog. But it was episode one or season one, episode three zombie bro. Right. Zombie bro. So if you're curious, uh, it's about 40 minutes in. So don't. It's you can, really, you can waste really your time if you want, but yeah. it is near the end. It's not worth it, but the show is fun. It's Yeah, it's fun. If you like Veronica Mars and you like Buffy, you, you probably will like it. They're so meta on the show, too. They make. There's a joke. One of them, like the main character, Liv, um, is walking around and she's talking to somebody and she's like, they're talking about Christabel. And people are like, oh, yeah, people th- say that I remind them of her all the time because <laughs> they make the Veronica Mars comparison. Everybody does. So nice. there you go. Screaming there. So I'm going to just dive into the one that I've been hankering to talk about a little bit. 
a little band called Brand New. Their record, uh, Science Fiction, dropped. God, it would have been now. It's crazy. You wait eight years for something, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, a month has already gone by. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Uh, it went to number one, which I don't know if that says no a lot about. Yeah, I think Daisy, the last one, went to, like, number, I think, like, 15 or something was, like, the closest they got, which is pretty crazy. I, I'll i be honest. I'm not, like, a crazy brand new ophile, brand new head. You know, I'm not, like. I think you can just say fan. Fan is fine. Not a brand new. I'm not part of brand new nation. Let's just say that. Uh because their their fans are not so like crazy, really, yeah, like not crazy in a bad way, crazy in like a fun way, because brand new as a band fucks with them. Like they sell merch that says "brand new 2000 to 2018," <laughs> <laughs> and this is their final record. Like that's what. Oh really? Yeah, that's the whole thing about it. Um, yeah, they when they released the record, uh, just let me get this right. Um, yeah, they put out when they well the, before science fiction they confirmed that LP five the fifth LP would be coming out and they said quote what's left should be a strange demise but hopefully one as loud and as fun as the rest of our time together has been concluding please send flowers so they're done after this and they don't strike me as the band like LCD Sound System that admitted that they pretended like they were breaking up to sell tickets oh shit so will I see them I don't know like that's I don't know what my level of brand new commitment is. I might go just because if they're never going to have a show again. It's very true. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I think I missed it by a couple of years. It was the same thing with fallout boy, like too, cause they were around the same time. They were definitely as poppy as, as fallout boy, but then obviously went in a very different direction into alternative rock and doing what they do. But I, I think I missed it barely. So like I was not a fan, but like my sister was a huge fan of their second record. Um, it's all coming back to me. I had an ex-girlfriend that was super duper obsessed with them, so I just like tangentially had it in my life for a couple years. Yeah, but I never super got it. Deja Intendu. Deja, Deja Intendu. See, I knew that. Yeah. Where did that come from? Yeah, right I know that, but I didn't really listen to the full record until I grew older. And then when uh, The Devil and God or Raging Inside of Me came out in 2006. See, these are all very familiar. Yeah. Not only I, – I was drawn to it mainly because it's such an awesome cover. And if you've never seen the cover, it's just like a little girl uh, hiding on the side of a wall and then two like adults wearing masks or just like talking to one another. And it's really offsetting and very weird, but it's also like there's no text anywhere, so it's just this big photo Oh, I love it. I'm like getting goosebumps thinking about it. And that record is so good that you wouldn't really need anything else. Like it came out of nowhere. Like who is this band? Brand new? Like what? I thought they were that punk, the pop punk band from New Jersey. Like who are these people? So great, 
so that was that was always really fascinating to me, and, and it was such a great record, and it dealt with all these really adult things. And then to go from that to Daisy, and now eight years later, and like he has a whole life, he's got a family, and he's sort of meta-commenting on everything that happened before. It's just really weird to be a part of it, I think, is, is really the thing. Um, so I've got a couple like choice quotes that I just want to throw in there. Um, mainly they're from Noisy, because I think they did the best review out there. I think they're some of the best music journalism that's happening right now is on Noisy. But they summed up Brand New perfectly. They said, quote, Brand New have continually reinvented themselves while fundamentally providing the same thing on each album. Namely, confirmation that, yeah, being alive is quite difficult, if you think about it, to any meaningful degree. And that under and that undercurrent of dread, which you feel most days, is probably justified. And here are 50 minutes worth of relatable reasons why, plus some new ones that you haven't considered. <laughs> well, you could turn to water and we all float on. Give up trying to be someone Take your head apart Free your own heart You and I stuck out of frame Always begging for some grace When there's no time We get no reply Well every night you were tripping out And in the morning you were coming I don't know, it's like this logical aging to it, which I really like. What I also really love are the fans. Hearing about these people that are so obsessive has fascinated me. So before science fiction dropped, you could pre-order LP5, right? So they didn't have a title for it or anything. Uh, The pre-orders sold out like that. Within a couple of days, people started to get CDRs in the mail, and it had one track on it. Uh, and the track was titled 44.5902N104.7146W. And it was an hour-long track, and it was the whole record in that one track. And if you went to Shazam, you could, you would pick up – I forget what exactly that one was, but it was something weird and different because they hadn't cataloged it yet. Um, but that coordinates took you to Devil's Tower – which was uh, in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Right, yeah. yeah. And, so, and I've been there, you know, my Black Hills, Spearfish, we, I've been there more times than I can count, so that was fun. And then inside would be a booklet with a bunch of, of 2001 Space Odyssey, oh. like how would be having a conversation about playing chess and stuff like this. So it's this weird thing, but then they have the thing. They have the album. They're listening to this new brand new on a CDR uh, that they got. The photo itself, which really got me even more excited, uh, was from a Swedish photographer, Tobias Fult. Fult? Fult? It's got an umlaut in there, so however you say that, uh, where it's two girls jumping out of a roof. Right. One of them is like right about to hit the ground, the other is like dangling in midair. I found out that that's an actual photo and that those, those clothes were designed to turn stiff in response to impact, making it harder for them to get hurt. So that's almost like a test. No shit. Which is crazy. So I wonder how that turned out. I hope that they're okay. (laughs) Um, And so really quick, I just want to run through the songs, not to belabor the point, but uh, like Waste is probably my favorite song on there. Uh, Could have been Heaven. Same Logic uh, slash Teeth is probably like the most bipolar combination of songs that I've heard them do in a long time. Uh, 137 has a a chant that is uh, Let's All Go Play Nagasaki. Yeah, it's really dark and it's like not political in its like tone but 
is obviously political when you throw Nagasaki in there and then also the world we're living in. It's like mm-hmm. they obviously recorded this well before and it's just like, oh, shit, this is really strange. Uh, in the Water is probably my favorite vocal performance on the record. Uh, no Control has a great line that I'm always thinking of when I'm at work uh, where he sings. For someone else, love is in your actions. I got a job. So let me find 10 million distractions Some get sick Some don't get cured That's how it goes But the worst is over Chum and throw me overboard No control I thought I would But then no control <laughs> Things should be fine I should be, I should be fine I've got people that I love I've got things uh, that I do in my life how can I keep distracting myself further? And so I think brand new, if anything, is that search for like solace. You know, I think Jesse Lacey, the, the lead singer, you can really grasp a hold of him because he is an enigmatic person. He's like a Bob Dylan. He's you feel very close to that person. So when you see him struggle, you struggle and you understand what he's going through. So I found that amazing. And the batter up the very last song is a great eight minute sort of dirge. And if that is the last thing they ever do, I'm I'm super content. Noisy correctly puts it again. They said, quote, depending on what mood you're in, it can either feel like an inspirational mantra or the kind of depressing truth that knocks the wind out of you. It could be batter up, give it your best shot, to which you say, hell yeah, thanks, Jesse, I will. Or it could be, I tried, someone else will have a go, to which you have to take a deep breath and silently brace yourself. Harsh. <laughs> and Stephen Hyden, I think, put it kind of perfectly. Friend of the pod, Stephen Hyden. Yeah, yeah. He says, and yet what's the most impressive thing about science fiction is that you don't already have to be a brand new fan to love it. A treasure trove of luscious guitar tones and grandiose choruses, science fiction is one of 2017's most unabashedly monumental rock records, a magnificent memorial built by a charmingly immodest band to their own past. One diehard has already described science fiction as a suicide note, but it's grander and more pleasurable than that. It's more like an emo Abbey Road. Well, I listened to it a little bit, and I was really into it because it was fucking weird. And I liked it a lot. Beautiful, yeah. yeah. I just, it's an hour long. Like I just when I heard that the CDRs were an hour long, I was like, oh, the record can't be an hour, so they must be getting more stuff. Because I'm a big Tim Barry fan, as I as I said, uh, and Albums he's over 40, 40 minutes, minutes long. long. I'm, I'm with him on that for the most part, but there's something about this, and I think it's just that we haven't gotten music in so long that you just find yourself like going overboard. Before I wrap up. I do want to just say that brand new fans are not complacent in the end of brand new. There's a new conspiracy out there. I'm going to try to wrap my head around this and you can try to help me Kelly if you want on our brand new, which is the Reddit for brand new. Somebody posted a link, a mysterious person posted a link to God, uh, no gods, just where if you go to that website, you will find, and this is on brand. I want this to be very clear. You will find a collection of seven, apparently random numbers and little else. As Redditors discovered, each of these numbers are mapped to years, months, weeks, days, hours, minutes, and seconds. And they all equal 72 days. 72 from the original post. But each day is counting down to November 6th, 2017. What's going to happen on November 6th? We're in September something, so we've got another, another couple of weeks. Some people are thinking it might be the day they break up. Maybe they're going to drop more music. Who knows? Uh, I think it's who knows. But anyway, some people went into the guts of the website 
and they found a bunch of other directories and domains. They discovered a landing page um, that is that uh, gives it's basically blank unless you scroll over it, and then you see a bunch of Morris code. Uh, it's actually hidden, you know, like when you scroll when you uh, highlight, you oh, can sure. see what's there. So it's a huge Morse code for people to solve. Another page consists of like radio buttons where you click a highlighted letter, and apparently if you spell out "fight fight your demons" without the uh, vowels, uh, it results in the image of science fiction. That um, if you turn it over, it's it's there's another thing to decipher, like another codex to keep what going down. The fuck? Yeah. So some people think that it's just an elaborate prank that gets brand new people like really into it. And people are, like, losing their shit trying to figure out what's going on. Or it could just be brand new basically fucking with you for the last eight years and being like, yeah, we're never breaking up. Shit, we're just going to play forever. <laughs> Which I wouldn't be shocked by. It's almost a statement in and of itself if they were to keep – I don't want them to break up personally. I don't want them to stop making music. I think they're great. We don't need a record every year. Like, this is not the Bob Dylan heyday. It's not even – you don't even need to do an album every two years. Like, eight years didn't diminish what happened. In fact, it made people even crazier about you. And if you keep being this mysterious and we keep allowing you to have that privacy, I think great music gets created from it where we're not constant. It's like Bob Dylan. He hasn't released a record now beyond the triplicates and shit like that, but like a real solid record. But I don't think we're really hounding for it. I mean, we all hope we get another one. If you just let it be and just continue on with your life and then this gets to be in it later, that's something that I think brand new fans of this age that have followed for this long accept. But I think... Maybe a lot of other artists couldn't ask that of them. And maybe it's just a very particular band that can do something as cool and grandiose as this. That's some crazy shit, though. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. And just to throw out a couple of other ones really quick, I, I recommended Iron of Wine. I still do. Beast Epic. Uh, Zeal and Ardor. We were going to do a whole thing. I do want to talk about that at some point. Because uh, it is still... I listened to it again today. So fucking good. Before we get to Against Me, I'm going to rank my favorite Steely Dan records from best to last. Because we talked about Steely Dan. Uh, can't fight me, fight me. <laughs> can't buy. Well, no, I'm, shit. I'm gonna rank them from worst to best, which is this is not gonna be fight me worthy. So you can at me, I guess, but you don't need to. Uh, number nine, everything must go. Number eight, two against nature. Seven, gaucho. Six, the royal scam. Five, countdown to ecstasy. Four, Katie lied. Three, pretzel logic. Two, Aja. Number one, you can't buy a thrill. You can't beat it. You just can't beat kings. You can't beat. That record, I'm sorry, at me. Kelly, same exact <laughs> ranking, 100%. But she's got even more visceral takes, but we don't have time for it on this podcast. Thank God we don't have time. Don't have time. What we do have time for, Kelly, <laughs> however, is this amazing fucking show, and a, really an amazing overall night that we had at the Wonder Ballroom. That's right. Where we went to go see three bands. The Dirty Nail. Yes. Bleached the Bleached. It's bleached. I like bleached. It's the bleached on their Twitter handle, I think. Well, no, it's hello bleached. Oh, hello bleached, yeah. Bleached. Because they liked our thing. They did. They did. Uh, and then a band called Agunst. Agunst. <laughs> me. May. Agunst Ma. <laughs> uh, so we went to go see Against Me. This okay. was your second time. Second time. Yeah. Eighth time. Both times I've been with you. Yeah. They, they've become a totally new band. Seeing them in 2014, I think, is an uh, experience unrivaled. Even we saw them at the f- Hawthorne last time, right? Last time was at the Hawthorne, yeah. yeah. But seeing them in 2014, like after Transgender, after everything, was ah, just magic. It was simply magic. And I didn't know if it would if it would be the same this time. 
I thought it would just be more of a traditional show. And I guess in a way, a couple ways it was, but I think that made it even better. I think this might have been my favorite time seeing them. Nice. I'm glad to hear that. I really enjoyed it. Because um, I don't have the frame of reference you have, obviously. I, I, I know the, I mean, I started listening to it against me like, I don't know, four or five years ago, shortly after we moved here. Uh, and it, I'm sure, I don't, it must have been you played. I had heard the songs on the radio. The only th- frame reference I had was, whichever the song is where oh, they're like, like Condoleezza, that okay. song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, I'm surprised they played that. God, that was a cut. That was a deep I one. know. Because that, that was on the radio in Florida when I first moved back. Okay. Um, but, weird. But, I, but it would have only been on Florida. Now it's not like a single or anything. Oh, like really? That's, it wasn't nation. No, that's probably just a, like, hey, gets me some Gainesville Florida Extra, band. what's up? Oh, yeah, totally. Nice. Yeah, because that was, uh, that was on, um, I was on searching for a former clarity, and of a, of that record, which I really love. I, th- I guess there were a couple bangers, "Don't Lose Touch," "Problems," but yeah, yeah, that was another one that. Yeah, I could see that one being something that you would want to play because it's also like two minutes and it's fast and mm-hmm. it's. I also played it late at night, and I think the next whatever I was listening to, I think was their weird alternative hour okay. because the next one they played was uh, a song that's not popular from Queens of the Stone Age, which. What is so it? they're probably digging Nicotine, it deeper. Volume, Vicodin, marijuana, ecstasy, and alcohol. Mm. You ever heard that one? I think I have. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Anyway, but but no, that was not a single. That would, I mean, really, it would be thrash on real. It's like what we're talking about. That's the if she wants to dance, dance and yeah. On. yeah. But I wouldn't have been able to. I've heard. I had heard those songs on the radio or yeah. somewhere, but I wouldn't have been able to name the band. And then right. when we like when you moved in, I'm yeah. sure I heard. I remember we went out to a place in Denver and you were wearing the hoodie and somebody was like, holy shit, did you hear about Tom? Oh, that's right. God, that's... And you were like, that yeah, isn't that cool? And, they're like, and they were like, yeah. And it was like a great little moment. And I thought that was really cool and interesting because I my experience with, with punk music and, and rock music in general, it's very like hetero dude all the way. And it was cool to have, you know, a person who... Well, like, you also didn't really know me either. So yeah, that's exactly. like another one where it's like, I remember that vividly. It was weird. I mean, I've had a lot of people like wanting to see the back just because it's Warren and uh, and Andrew, yeah. So it's like the original lineup of the band. So like people who are in the know are, are interested because of that but aren't interested because it's Tom. You know, mm-hmm. it's that's not why they're interested. But you're right. that The Rolling Stones story had come out that week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really awesome to see. So and it was I'm cool. Going, yeah. it, it, was, it was like, yeah, I didn't know you, but I obviously was like, well, this guy can't be a total shithead. He well, just volunteered good. to move into the giant <laughs> lesbian. Uh and, the, and to have somebody just randomly on the street, too, who was just, like, very open with, like, yeah, I'm happy for, for, Which for Laura. Which I like a lot, yeah. Um, so that was just, like, that tipped me off. It, on top of, like, reinventing Axl Rose just being an amazing fucking record. Yeah. For, that's still probably probably my favorite uh, before transgender to Dysphoria Blues. Um, just, just always will be. They're yeah. so, so powerful. Like, yeah. it's a punch in the face. It's because us against every battle All the reasons to sing And it's so much less confusing When lives are drawn like that When people are
It's so good. And it really, it's it's crazy how much of that album still makes up their set, which is probably my <laughs> yeah. only ding against it is that I just don't need to listen to And I totally those. why you're yeah. over it. And I, like, without having the cred or reason to, am kind of over it too. Yeah. Uh, because I think they're in such a different place now, I, obviously. I agree. Um, and seeing them the first time, I, I've never seen them, obviously, either. But it's rare, shittily enough, when you go to a show that's not a big production value, like a big pop act where they have fucking monitors and fucking screens and 80 choreographed dancers and we've got a full symphony and all that stuff. Yeah. That's a show. But usually when you go just to see a rock band and it's like three or four people and they're just doing their thing. And you want them to be animated and lively, and sometimes they are. But sometimes people are just fucking miserable. They just kind of stand there and play yeah. their songs and leave. And uh, when we saw Against Me in 2014, Laura was, like, fucking smiling from ear to ear the whole yeah. time. And I was like, that's amazing. This uh, is a person who's happy doing what they're doing and feels, like, good for yes. maybe the first time ever. And it shows. And it, you hear it in their music. And, like, she's definitely a happier, better person. And I'm sure not – she's not all the way there yet in terms of, well, also like – her life isn't perfect. So it's yeah, like, exactly. But, but you, when you see your life, the unhappy things in your life, not from, like, a, that pit of you, – you have a better starting place. How about that? You have a better foothold of the ground beneath mm-hmm. your feet for you to tackle the problems that every human being has instead of already being handicapped because every problem now – preceding that problem is this entire life that you're living that's a lie yeah like and when you can eliminate that then yeah you're gonna have your breakups and the things that fall apart and people are gonna hate you and you're gonna get sued again and all this kind of stuff is gonna happen it's just gonna happen and you're in a huge band you have a huge profile but at least at the end of the day you've got you you actually have you for once and yeah. that's Huge. So now you can just deal with yeah breakups and stuff. Yeah. That's why this uh, shapeshift with me yeah. was about relationships and love. And I she was it. like, I've never written about this shit. So it's a metaphor. It's Not that you can't do the two, but the art will be very different. And it's like that art for Against Me would have probably stayed quite political or, or, you know, it's not like she couldn't tell stories. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can still dive into those ideas. But I think when you're actually doing it and you're the principal songwriter, it's very specific to the band. You can tell. Like when I listen to those songs, I don't really think about myself. I really think about her hmm. a lot. Yeah. In the same way that I think about Bob a lot. When I do it, it's it's not that I can't take it upon myself, but I I really love her and I really want her to be okay. Yeah. And it's really personal for me. So yeah, yeah that's pretty much it. Like well, that's why it was overwhelming to see it in twenty fourteen because just I had never seen her that happy ever since like two thousand two. You know, since like the beginning of the band. It's fa- it's just fascinating. It's lovely. That's so cool because you have I mean, she does no idea we exist, but like you have this you care about this person. You yeah. want them to be happy. He's like, I'm so happy you're happy. That's yeah. great. It's a great and feeling. Your happiness means my happiness. I'm yeah. losing my shit. Not only that, and I just want to shout out the, how much fun Portland is for punk shows because people were having 
a blast. I oh, love yeah. that there I was really no, want to talk about the crowd. Yeah, there was no stage uh, guards or anything like that, which I thought was a great call right off the bat. The kids in this that were jumping into the pit and, and crowd surfing, oh, yeah. everyone was super supportive. Even against me, I mean, like one of the kids, he couldn't have been more than twelve. Like, gave Laura a hug while she was while like playing, she, and she was so happy. Yeah. When they were older, I got it. Like James was like looking behind him at one of the kid with the the spikes on his mm-hmm. head. You know, he was kind of doing what you do when you get up there. You get so rambunctious that you know you're like, I don't know what this guy's gonna do. You know, because this is like an adult, right? Um. So I I understand. Like I think like adults stop doing that shit. Like let's calm down a bit. But I love having kids and grandmas get that up there. That was amazing. That was amazing. She was definitely like in her fifties or sixties, and she was just like, "Fuck it, I'm stage diving." Well, she Everyone wasn't. Like, lost her shit. She wasn't. She was. She went up there, and she was like, she she stage dived up to the stage, but she was going to go down. And everyone's like, "No, do you it. gotta go!" And everyone's hands just came up like, "Come!" Amazing. Yeah, it was so much fun. So this was the first time I've ever been to a, a punk show or a rock show. Period, where the average height of the crowd was five four. <laughs> Um, and it, so many tiny people. And it was amazing. And it was because it was uh, women and, and non-binary people and, like, just – it was a fucking – it was queer people, a bunch of queer people that love fucking punk music and love this band. And it was just so amazing to be in that environment because, I mean, I've been to Tegan and Sarah shows. Like, I've been around a ton of lesbians. And, and it's like, that's amazing and I love that. But, like, this is – this is a fucking proper punk rock show. And yeah. again, not that there aren't punk rock, but even – see, this is what kills me. Even from fucking in the 90s when Bikini Kill was doing this, Kathleen Hanna had to stand up and scream at shitty fucking men taking up space and not letting the b- women there enjoy themselves because they just have to be assholes and they have to be violent. And, like, she would have – get out of the pit. All women come to the front. That was her mission. Like, come to the front. And now, like, it, it was amazing that Laura didn't have to yell at anybody for everyone to respect each other's, like, space. Yeah. And I don't mean that, like, we were standing <laughs> comfortable one foot away. We were all smashed in there. We are all having a great time. Yeah. But there's a big difference between a bunch of fucking giant asshole metal dudes yes. that are just want to be there to punch each other and be drunk and be mean. Yes. And people that want to, like, throw each other around a little bit but have a good time. And the men that were there were respectful of that and like got it with the exception of a couple of idiots but they gave people space like i get that you're fucking five three and you can't see and i'm not gonna be in your way and i'm not here to punch you in the face yeah. like this is everyone's having a good time tonight we're gonna do this together and, and it it's was amazing yeah. it was so it was cool. it's my vision of what like a true awesome community could be like yeah everyone is represented and it almost falls away because what really mattered is that we're all human beings and we're all here to fucking see against me and we're here to fucking rock out and have a great time yeah all of the distinctions and all that stuff faded away what made it great was all those distinctions being why we're here yeah you will never go to a punk show that has more women more non-binary people than against me at all you just won't, and which is I, and I think for a majority of punk bands that I listen to would love to get that audience, but it just doesn't have that crossover because I think there probably is a part of it too where they're coming for against me for a specific reason, but they don't in particular like punk music in general. So mm-hmm. then you don't have that. So you, as much as I wish that the crossovers would keep happening, it probably won't. Which well, hopefully, but hopefully it will. Things will change. Yeah. And it's, but it was great. Everyone was really cool. It was so amazing, and a lot of the time, unfortunately, it's because like there's shitty. 
it's it's just yeah. aggro people. It's aggro, people yeah, that, aggressive people that just want to be mean. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of them are big dudes. Yeah, no, it's totally. Like 99% of the time. Absolutely. Um, and oh, I've known just me a fierce ass <laughs> wife beater woman who's just like wants to beat the fuck out of everyone. It's, yeah. it's just intimidating. It's not yeah. fun. It doesn't make it interesting. Yeah. yeah. Those are the shows, and I've been to a lot of those. That's why I, I, I like being 30, and I like going to a show like this where, I, you know, where you can get into it without – feeling like you're going to get your face fucking ripped off, which I just am over being punched and having my glasses broken. And, uh, you know, I, I don't mind going to bed and waking up as an old man, like achy and stuff like that. I get yeah. that. That's very particular to me. But I like that I can be there with a bunch of kids, too, that are going to have a very so unique cool. experience yeah. and have, have these amazing videos that they can see. That was also cool the next day, like going on Instagram, the people that caught the kids stage driving for the first time and like hugging Laura. Yeah. Ugh. Amazing. God, I wish that I had something like that back in the day when I was as enthusiastic uh, like that. But I, I don't even know if I had a band like that for me. Like, it's so cool for them to have – because they they were not, like, 15. They were, like, 12. Oh, yeah, they were they little. Were, they, little knew little the words. Yeah, they knew the they words. They knew the words. They were in, man. Yeah, so that was really phenomenal. So mm-hmm. gets me if they come to your town, if you want to have a really unique experience, they're amazing. And if you've never listened to them, Jesus, I really do cannot insist enough that you do. Uh, you can start anywhere. Mm-hmm. Axl Rose is great if you're into uh, sort of, you know, again, punk rock I think is sort of the outlier. But if you like kind of folk, you listen to a Bob Dylan podcast. <laughs> that might be a good place to start. Yeah. You know, it's got radical politics. So if you like Woody, I think you're going to be right at home with what they're singing about on Axl Rose. But I think that that aesthetic and that idea gets pushed on. Yeah. To present day, I think that there's a period right there in the middle with New Wave and White Crosses where it doesn't really work because there are major labels. And I think that there's a lot of bad choices that are being made. But I think they found footing again with Transgender Dysmorphia Blues in 2014. And I think Shapeshift with me is probably – you can, I can make the case that it's the best record that it's they've so ever good. made. So. Yeah. And Bleach was amazing too. Yeah, I don't want to throw that away. Bleach was incredible when yeah. they got <laughs> – just when she's up there and then, that solo oh and then right. all the band members moved. switched the, instruments the, the lead singer uh, was guitarist playing the drums. was drums so cool yeah the drummer got up and was playing the, I think her guitar yeah, yeah. The, ba- the bassist she was getting it yeah. at times ooh that and the Dirty Nail I don't even want to throw Dirty Nail under the bus like they were so much fun too they were really their bassist was amazing <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay, he was so into it mm-hmm. and I just love the look of the lead singer and I love the I love his like showmanship too just kind of the way he'll throw his guitar back and like Sing, and he would sing to that one person. They knew all the words. Uh, that's not there. true. There were enough people there yeah. that didn't know. And I recognized the songs too. After mm-hmm. you know, only listening to the record probably two or three times, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. that shit's catchy. That's really good." So I think I have a whole new appreciation after this for uh, Bleached and the Dirty Nail, yeah. especially. But against me, just can not do wrong. I mean, absolutely one of the best bands in all of rock and roll music ever. For sure. Yeah, up there with me with like the Clash. In terms of punk aesthetic, in terms of all of rock, yeah, there's a pantheon. I think it gets me are consistently moving up that chain. So, hell yeah, I can't wait for the next record. Let's go see him again. Yes, totally. <laughs> all right, so that's it for, for Mix Up Confusion, where we talked a lot about Against Me. Uh, <laughs> that's what we're going to do from now on. That's what we're going to do from well, now on. Well, not just Against Me. No. So we're going <laughs> we're gonna to do deep dives into very specific things. So if you have any suggestions or things you want us to do or any cool stuff like that, please get in touch with us. Let us know. Otherwise, we're at SOTWpod.com. Add SOTWpod on Twitter. Do a lot of stuff on Twitter. Uh, Tumblr is often, sometimes, depending on the song, busy or not. 
kind of hit or miss, so kind of follow that. Uh, you can hit little buttons on all these things to have it pushed to your phone whenever we do. We, we don't tweet or tumble or do all that stuff a lot, so I think uh, it would be beneficial if you do want to keep up with what we're doing. Uh, otherwise, we're going to see you on Monday for the 30th episode. <gasps> yeah, we've been listening to it all week. Maybe uh, someday. Maybe someday. Well, maybe someday we'll be back with our... No, that, I already ruined it. We'll be back on Monday. So uh, <laughs> we will see you then. Have a good night. Good night. Bye. Goodbye.